When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, Episode 11. Hi, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast, the podcast that empowers you to reach your full potential, whether you're already in a leadership role or maybe you are an aspiring leader. Now, joining me on today's show is Kendra Al Kinnison, MBA, CPA. She's the General Manager for Port Royal Ocean Resort and a leadership coach through Coach.me. Now, Kendra serves on the board of directors for the Texas Travel Industry Association and the advisory board of the College of Business at Texas A&M University, Corpus Christi. She's the immediate past state president of Texas Businesswomen. And over the last two decades, Kendra has served in leadership positions in a number of community service organizations. Kendra believes there is a habit recipe that will allow each of us to live and work at our best. And on today's show, Kendra's going to share why it's important to be intentional about remaining curious and continuing to grow, why becoming a teacher and sharing everything you know with those around you counts, as well as facing the hard things. As a leader, sometimes success is just showing up the next day. So welcome to the show, Kendra. Thanks so much, Emery. I'm excited to be here and, and excited for this project and to, to get to hear everyone else's stories. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to hearing your insights. Now, Kendra, I'm sure that you have heard the saying, great leaders are born, not made, which I think, you know, personally, it's a real limiting statement, especially when you consider there may be people in the workforce who have incredible potential to become a great leader, yet They've never had the opportunity to develop and nurture their leadership skills because of that belief that leaders are born, not made. So when I read through your bio and I heard that you believe there's a habit recipe, uh, you know, a number of steps, number of actions that we need to take. And when we do follow those actions, we can then live and work at our best. What are your thoughts on that saying, great leaders are born, not made? I have to tell you, I can't stand it. Mm. Um, I, I don't think it's true at all. I think at its core, leadership really is a mindset, a mindset of choosing to take responsibility um, and choosing to seek solutions. I, I think we can all choose it. Mm. And then certainly it's a journey uh, in developing our skills as a leader. So I think we can we can choose to be a leader and adopt a leadership mindset maybe when our skills are in their infancy. Perhaps mm-hmm. we're not good at leadership yet, uh, but we want to be. And, and I do think there are certain habits, uh, some similar for all of us and some very different for each of us um, that allow us to, to live and work and lead mm. at our best. Because I'm sure some of those leaders who we have admired and they've certainly contributed incredible um, you know, strategies and, and their gifts and, and talents to the table that have made a huge difference, 
they didn't just suddenly wake up one day and come forth with all this greatness. It was developed in them. So, so many people who are thinking today, oh, I don't have the right leadership skills. I don't have uh, what it takes. You know what? Yes, you do. And so I'm glad that, Kendra, you're here to, to share the insights. So let's dive in. I mean, why do you think that it is important to be intentional about remaining curious uh, and, and that allows us to grow? Let's share a little bit more about that. Sure. And and I think that's true, gosh, not just for those that aspire to be leaders. Mm -hmm. I would say for those that aspire just to to have options in life. Um, our world is a a changing one. You know, mm -hmm. I've I've been working, gosh, 20 years now. Uh, it's hard to hard to believe that sometimes, but um, you realize the only thing that's constant is change. And so if we're not intentional about growing our skills and finding, you know, new ways to add value, I think we'll quickly find ourselves, you know, in a, in a difficult position, in a position perhaps that we don't like and mm -hmm. that, that because we're not adding value, um, our, our compensation and, and options are limited. So I think the antidote to that is just to stay curious, mm -hmm. um, whether it's, you know, in a role that you're in, whether it's a exploring new hobbies, whether it's learning about health, I think it can manifest itself in any number of areas. It doesn't just have to be work, but again, cultivating that mindset of, of being aware and intentional and, and thinking about the world around us and, and how we can interact with it, I just think is a, a healthy a healthy habit mm. uh, for all of us. And you talked about change, and I think that that's so true in this day and age. And because of technologies now, uh, not only do we often have to deal with change on a local or a national basis, but now also on an international basis, a global basis. And I think for people who are either aspiring leaders or even in a leadership role, that the change and having to to remain at the forefront can often be scary. And I'd love you to speak a little bit more um, about this. And that is sometimes as leaders, we believe or we think that we need to have all of the answers, which in itself is very limiting too. So what sort of things do you share about um, if, if we are a leader that's going to remain curious, how not to get stuck in that rut of, I have to have all the answers? Oh, sure. No, that's mm. a great point. You know, I think, I think, I need to know where to find the answers is perhaps the alternative, uh, whether it's a resource or another person. Um, so in, in my role as, as general manager of a hotel and resort, um, gosh, there are so many things that I don't know mm -hmm. um, and, and I will never know. And, and I've got six directors that are all experts in their, in their area and, uh, and, and they should know more than me uh, in, in all of their, their areas. And uh, so I think, you know, it, it's my job to know where to find the resources if they get stuck. You yes. know, if, if my HR director uh, is stumped on something, it's not for me to have the answer. It's for me to maybe ask questions or seek resources to help connect her uh, with the answer. Mm. Not to say that that happens all that often. But, um, yeah, I think this this notion of that we should know everything is, uh, like you say, a, a faulty one because mm -hmm. it's almost impossible. So, you know, know where our strengths are, know, know the areas that we want to go deep, uh, not wide, or, or mm. the areas that we want to go wide and, and not deep, mm. uh, and know how to, um, how to connect with, with others. I think what you've just shared is just so powerful because what it also shows about you as a leader that you have this confidence that allows you to 
surround yourself with people who have uh, knowledge in a different area, strengths in a different area. You know, sometimes as leaders, because we we fear that, oh, if I don't come across as knowing everything, they're going to think less of me. What you've just said is just complete opposite. You've got such confidence that you do surround yourself with amazing people and you would also create an environment that allows them to shine, to grow, to develop those skills so that at the end of the day, everyone's contributing their unique brilliance and the company continues to grow, overcome challenges and, and be you know able to face head on the changes that happen in, in the workplace. Absolutely true. And I think it comes from perhaps trying it the other way a mm. time or two uh, mm-hmm. and realizing how bad that is. A, you can't know everything. So the pressure that you put on yourself to quote, be better than everybody you lead mm-hmm. is just um, sets, sets us all up for failure. Mm. Um, and I think there comes a point uh, where you're, again, you're confident in what you know, but you're humble enough to recognize that there are so many things that that you, you can't and, and probably will never master. Um, so why not join forces and have a team of folks that, that all complement uh, each other? It's just so much more fun. Yeah. Um, having, having lived a, a few cycles, you know, in, in each of those, yeah. uh, I, I much prefer the, the team concept where everybody's pretty open about our strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. and we allow each other to cover our, our backsides. You know, if you don't tell people where you're weak, they can't, um, they can't fill in for that, right? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I'm pretty upfront nowadays about uh, where I think I add value and where I know that I that I don't, and mm. and where I'm counting on my director or a, another team member to to fill that gap. And that really brings us beautifully, segues nicely into the next point about encouraging us to become a teacher, sharing everything that we know uh, with those around us. That in itself for some people is scary because it's kind of like, well, if I do that, then why will people need me? If I share my knowledge and my wisdom around that particular area, people won't need me anymore, which again is a limiting mindset, isn't it? We live in such a transparent world. Um, you know, my industry in particular, say the hotel industry, you know, our revenue figures are, are pretty much public information because mm-hmm. of the tax structure, the occupancy tax. So you can find out the revenues of, of any hotel in America, just about, mm-hmm. um, certainly in Texas. Um, and then TripAdvisor, you know, provides kind of the, the customer service side of that. So for any given resort, you you know how they're doing top line and, and you know how they're how they're treating their their guests um, so it's, you can kind of rate a, a management team you know it's it's somewhat public um, and there is always a demand for folks that can make the people around them better mm. and so I think if you can get the reputation of someone that your team is always a high performing team and an excelling team, you know, nobody cares who's who's specifically doing the work. If the, if the team is succeeding, everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, this balance of confidence and, and humility um, comes into comes into play here. That if we if we'll lift up, if we'll just make it a habit to lift up everybody around us all the time as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, a people like to work. You know, I think the number one way to retain a great team is to make them feel valued and let them feel like they're always making progress and learning. Mm. I think that's probably the the single most important trait I've seen in in every high performer that I've been around is they want to they want to keep moving forward in some way. Yeah. And so by by opening a door and teaching, 
you know, you make that possible. And then as you hand things off and see other people can actually do it better than you. My, Mm -hmm. my uh, revenue manager now is far better. He's, he's learned how to use software. You know, I was, I got everything I could out of Excel, but he's, he's found a new data analysis software and, and inside of a couple of months is taking revenue management to a whole nother level than what I was capable of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so exciting to see that, you know, I, I don't know, there's not much that brings me more joy than seeing a person take a nugget of an idea that I shared and just go with it yeah. uh, and, and really make something special. I think what you've just said is 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 also gold for those people who are in a leadership team or overseeing a team and hesitant to teach and and grow or allow the growth of their team because the stronger the team the more you can collaborate the more results productivity performance profitability all those things will certainly shine too but what you said uh, before and I just wanted to to mention that again because it's so true that people will leave organizations not because they don't like their roles but because their leader their supervisor is not allowing them to grow is not um, you know encouraging collaboration so you'll find often when people do want to leave it's because of that leader and so you know as leaders we sometimes need to look at ourselves and, and and ask you know am i creating an environment which is empowering my team to to be the best that they can be and to learn and to grow sure high performers have have all the options in the world. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you better be a place they want to be because they don't have to be anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, I think when you do empower your team to be the best they can be, such as the example you gave about the revenue manager, that allows you then as the leader to expand because I think we never can get, st- as you said, stagnant in, in what we know and, and how we show up. And so it allows us, it gives us space to then better ourselves. Where do we need to expand and grow? So, you know, you don't have to carry that team. They are empowered and you know that they're stepping fully and uh, achieving in, in the roles and in the tasks that they're set. Have you found this too? Yes, absolutely. You know, there's there's no shortage of, again, change, you know, mm. whether it's the online travel agencies, whether it's um, new new laws and regulations, whether it's trying uh, to meet our, our guests' expectations in a unique way, there's there's any number of things to think about. Mm-hmm. And if we get stuck in, you know, the doing the same thing for too long, you know, it, it means that we're not able to look ahead uh, and plan the, the next evolution, the next the next improvement. So it, it does provide space uh, to, to do that and to come up with with new ideas. Um, and, and new ways to grow, grow and challenge the team. Now, sometimes we can plan the best that we can. We can implement the right strategies and we have an outcome that we want to achieve. Yet, despite all of the hard work uh, that we put into that, the results that we want just don't come to fruition. And as a leader, that can really uh, strike home and have us, uh, again, you know, doubt ourselves. And, and I would love you to share Facing the hard things as a leader, sometimes success is just showing up the next day. Love your wisdom around this. Yeah, so I think this is one of the best or, or worst kept secrets of of leadership. And, and I don't know, for me and for some of the folks I've talked to, you don't learn this until you experience it yourself mm-hmm. and then you feel like there's something wrong with you and then you realize everybody else experiences this too. Mm-hmm. I mean, leadership is sometimes awful. 
Um, the, the, the decisions, you know, I, I joke that, that usually when a decision comes to me, if it's, if it's a decision I have to make, I get to choose between bad and worse, mm. um, that there's, there's usually not a good, a good outcome. And, and sometimes that can, um, gosh, it can just, it can just paralyze us and, and make you not want to, not want to get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, it can make you doubt your, your abilities, your worthiness, um, there's all sorts of ways that can impact us. And I've found that if we will literally just show up, just engage the, the conversation or the dialogue or the problem or whatever it might be enough days in a row, um, we'll get through it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not always going to be fun. The outcome may not even be the outcome that we, that we're seeking, uh, but we will get get through it. The sun will rise uh, again the next day, um, and we'll have a, a newfound respect for ourselves. Really, I think there have been times, and, and perhaps you can relate, or others can relate, where when things got hard, we walked away, um, or when things got really hard. I can think of a few situations that I'd love to have back, mm-hmm. um, where I just I just really got overwhelmed. And made the choice to to kind of remove myself from the the environment in a respectful way, but mm. still chose to chose to walk away as opposed to really see it through the full extent of the challenge, just to see what the outcome might mm-hmm. be. Um, and I think now having having sat through enough of these, it's a lot more fun to get through the valley and get to the next peak and then make a decision as mm. opposed to to making a decision in those valleys. Yeah. And I I love that. And I think as a leader, you know, just showing up, having that commitment to, to, again, the positivity, isn't it? Okay, let's have a look at what did we do? What can we change? What do we need to implement that perhaps wasn't there? And keeping that focus, because that's when the team really looks to you as a leader. And, um, you know, again, just showing up and, and asking those questions, sometimes they can be difficult questions, that then empowers them to also, you know what, okay, we can do that as well. So let me ask you a question. You know, hindsight is such a valuable teacher often. Would there be anything uh, other than what you've shared um, already, would there be anything that you might uh, do sooner or uh, implement a lot quicker, knowing the things that you know now yeah, I can think of two different areas. Um, one is confronting um, difficult people situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say you're you're managing a team member that is just not performing very well. Yes. Um, I think as a new leader, you're just very hesitant. You're you're hesitant to to even know what to do there, and oftentimes you let the problem fester until there's a blow up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now I've learned, I call it the gap conversation. Um, I try to have it as soon as I recognize there's a gap. And, and the way I phrase the conversation is, you know, for, for your role or for this position, the expectations are this. And from what we're seeing, you're performing at Y and there's a gap there. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about how we're going to fill fill the gap. Um, and by phrasing the conversation in that way early on, by acknowledging it, not making it personal, not... Um, not saying it's their fault, just calling attention to the fact that there's a gap between the expectation and the performance oftentimes will lead to a resolution. The person may actually realize they can perform and do it, or they may say, you know what, I, I don't, I don't want to do that and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, walk away. There's any number of, 
of outcomes that then become um, become an option. And so I think having that conversation early and often is is something that um, that I wish I had learned much earlier in my career. And the second one is personal stress management. Um, I think this is one of the the last aspects of leadership that we take seriously. And oftentimes we have to have a personal health crisis before we, mm-hmm. uh, before we'll listen to this one, but there's a number of, we talk about habit recipes. There's a number of habits, you know, meditation, prayer, exercise, napping. I mean, there's just any number of things that we can do to keep our, our tolerance for stress and our ability to manage stress at a healthier level which then enables us to, to make decisions better, to stay calm in challenging situations, to really be the leader that our teams want us to be and, and not an emotional basket case. And so I think learning and developing those habits early on can be very valuable as well. And just something that uh, I wanted to, to mention, and please share more about this before we started recording, you were saying how the habit recipe is quite unique for each and every one of us. Speak a little bit more about this because just in case that there's some people there that are sitting with their pen poised waiting for you to share the step one, step two, right, you know, through the steps for the habit recipe. Well, I think there's different areas. So I think we all, you know, we have to be personally productive and efficient and organized. And so there's any number of of habits that we can adopt, uh, but we better have a consistent way of doing that Mm -hmm. um, with our systems. Again, our health, and stress management, to me as a leader, those kind of go together. It's very hard to be an effective leader if you're not taking care of your health and your stress management. That isn't to say that you can't have health problems. Certainly, we all do. But that you're intentional about navigating those in a, in a healthy way um, and that you have habits, again, that support that, um, you know, relationship habits, mm-hmm. you know, all, all kinds of things. You really can break it down into those um, consistent daily actions that really add up who we are as as people. And I think also too, it's being mindful about what's not working. And so often we can continue to relive a cycle that is draining us from our energy, from our productivity. And we really need to take a step back and, and ask ourselves, what do I need to do that will enable me not to have to completely revisit this particular area, which is just not supporting me. And then changing that and creating a habit Putting it yes. in a habit recipe that, you know, in when I do it this way, when I approach it this way, the results that I get, they're supporting me, they're supporting my team. And of course, the, you know, I'm not getting stressed. And I have to say, Kendra, that um, this is 11, the episode 11, the women that I have spoken to in, in the previous episodes where they themselves found uh, that they were in a crisis, a personal crisis was all around not recognizing the the little warning signs about stress and not taking the time to create a habit, prayer, meditation that will alleviate that stress. And often when we don't do that, uh, the situation itself will go, you know what, if you're not going to manage it, I'll manage it for you. And it can <laughs> fester in something to do with our health. Uh, and we, we certainly don't want that uh, to happen. So, Kendra, what would be one last piece of advice that you would uh, like to share with listeners today? Yeah, so this one, and, and people tell me this is this sounds a little funny when we say it, but um, I say start very small and let momentum build naturally. Mm-hmm. So let's say, um, this is my favorite habit to start with, you want to start flossing right? Mm-hmm. I did this several years ago. Finally, okay, dentist, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get it down. 
Um, and I, I wanted to floss every day. And so the, the way to do it is to commit to flossing one tooth every day. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for any of us to convince ourselves that we don't have enough time or energy to literally floss one tooth. And so that's the commitment. That's success. If I floss one tooth every day, I am successful. Now, the reality is if you floss one tooth, chances are you're going to floss them all. Mm. But if you set that standard as just one, even on our worst days where we're, you know, barely keeping our eyes open, falling into bed, we can still remember and floss that one, that one tooth. It's true writing a book. It's true um, for anything, you know, doing push-ups or whatever it is we want to do. If we will start with the tiniest increment possible mm. and start at that and let the momentum build, we really can do do anything. Um, and we, we just have to have a, a little bit of patience and trust that it, kind of our natural habit wiring will take over. I like to say that habits are a superpower. We just haven't, we haven't all learned how to use them mm -hmm. yet. Uh, and I think the trick is to, again, start very small, let it build, kind of stay under the resistance radar um, and, uh, and go that route. I so agree with that. I mean, when we think about the habits that perhaps are not supporting us, it has taken a couple of times, a number of times for us to really build and embed that negative habit. So what you're saying is, you know, start small, allow momentum. And as you continue to do that, you show up every day flossing that one tooth. And heck, while you're there, let's just do all the rest too. If you do that continuously, it then just becomes part of the system, part of the habit that you do every day. And, and that's the same across other habits, good habits, supportive habits that we want to implement uh, in our lives and, of course, in our careers as, as well. Look, it has been an absolute pleasure having you joining us today. How can people get in contact with you? Uh, so my website is KendraKinnison.com or on Twitter at KKinnison um, or I guess directly through Coach.me at mm -hmm. Coach.me slash Kendra. Terrific. And, of course, we'll put all of those details up on uh, the show notes. Now it's over to you. Kendra and I want you to join the conversation. Let us know what is one habit that you know when you start small and allow to grow through momentum that's going to make a significant difference in your life, in your career, as you're aspiring uh, to become a leader or maybe take your leadership to the next level. We want to know what that is. To join the conversation, all you need to do is go to annemariecross.com forward slash podcast 11 Leave your comment below the show notes and we certainly look forward to uh, to reading those. And, of course, the link again is annemariecross.com forward slash podcast 11. So another message from our sponsor, acethatinterview.com.au. Now, do nerves get the better of you when it comes to interviewing for the role you really want? Try deep breathing, those deep breaths that go right down into your belly. Hold each breath for the count of four, then release slowly. Another great technique as well is, and you can even do this while you are deep breathing, is visualization. Visualizing yourself remaining calm, visualizing yourself building rapport with the interviewer, visualizing yourself responding with confidence to every question. You know, both of these techniques are powerful, work very well to calm your nerves so that you can be calm, confident and confirm why you are the best candidate for that promotion or role. Now, if you've got an upcoming interview and you want additional support so you can negotiate a salary that pays you what you're worth, check out acethatinterview.com.au for more information. 
And of course, that brings us to an end of another fantastic show. I know you've taken a lot with you today from hearing Chikenda share her insights. I'll hope you that you will join me again next week. Remember to subscribe to our iTunes channel. The link is annemariecross.com forward slash podcast iTunes. By subscribing to our channel means that you are going to be the very first person to learn about our new episodes and be inspired and empowered every week. Again, that link is annemariecross.com forward slash podcast iTunes. And if you've got a couple of minutes while you're over there, leave a comment, let us know what was your greatest aha and leave a rating too. That would be super awesome. So until next week, have a great week. Bye for now. Bye, Kendra. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.